Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. Okay, another episode of the Thinking Man Podcast. Today we have Nate with us and we're going to be talking about political correctness. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to find out the reality, the dangers, and the fact that it's an intellectual insult to us. So it's important that we know that today as we look at political correctness that we're not talking about political agendas, we're not talking about our own personal ideologies, which is right, which is wrong, none of that. Because we'll realize that's that's pretty foolish and that's not what the podcast is about. The podcast is not to tell you what to think, but to start to get you to think. And that's what we want to do today. Just open up your mind a little, awaken that sleeper. Just start thinking for yourself. Get rid of the preconceived notions that you have and that we're just not another sheep. So as we start off now, Nate, I just want to give my little definition. Actually, part of it is from Webster of what... Political correctness is. And what political correctness says is it's the definition, a belief that language and practices which could offend, that's the key word here, sensibilities of a particular group in society should be erased. So we hear about political correctness. We hear and and we look at it and we realize how ludicrous. And it's from all sides. And we need to realize that political correctness isn't just the other person. The political correctness is me as well. So when you think of political correctness, Nate, what do you, what do you think of in our society? I think that uh, kind of just like that, what that said, trying not to offend anybody, um, both through language or uh, cultural things or... Um, so it sounds reasonable, right? It almost sounds like having good manners, right? But unfortunately, that's not really what it is because none of us really want to try to offend anybody, right? We go into their house. We don't want to offend somebody. They come into our house. We don't want to be offended, right? But those are within houses. And within houses, we have a little more control and we have a little more respect for those people or for you know their way of doing things. But once we get outside of our own doors, we start to think that all of a sudden I can, I can rule the world. And... As sensible as it sounds, it really isn't sensible at all. Because the reality is that you're going to offend somebody. If there's 99 people in a room and you made a statement that offended 99, you could change that statement, you get it down to 70. You change it again, you get it down to 40. You really think you're moving along. You change it again, it goes back up to 60. Or let's say it started that you upset 50% of the room. You could change your statement and it could just swing one way or the other. So the people that you offended, you change your statement so that you don't offend them, but then the people that weren't offended before now are offended. And you spend your life just being a moron because what it does is instead of talking about what you really believe in or really issues, you're so busy walking on eggshells and tiptoeing that nothing really takes place. So again, just a couple things that I want to throw in as we start. This is not about politics, um, but also political correctness is not really a political side or a political debate either. It's about thinking or not thinking. It's not about sides. And that's what I want to remember today. 
Because as we think of political correctness, we're going to think about the other point of view and how they say things that I don't agree with. But what about things that I say that they don't agree with, that they feel that I am being politically correct, that they may say things that are little push buttons that could upset me. So what do you think is either a cause or an effect of political correctness or or how did it come up? How do you think it came about? Where do you think it evolved from in people? I, I, I know it's not about political, but I just, I kind of think that that's, that's where it started uh, a lot from the news, uh, just TV in general. I see a lot of TV shows, movies over the years that have changed the, uh, just added things in to be politically correct or, and like you said, uh, you can watch a show or the media and maybe they're not offending one person, but you could, if you think about it, there's other people that they are offending just by trying not to offend somebody else. So, well, as much as it's not about politics, it has to be about politics because it's called being politically correct. The idea is that we're not going to put our politics into it. And we're going to get a little bit further in our, as we get through our program today to realize that, Hey, even where I stand today may not be where I stand 10 years from now, or it may not be where I was 10 years ago. Right. So that's why we're not going to make it about politics, but it is political. And what that really means is what is, what is politics? Politics ends up being different points of view, gathering groups, gathering momentum towards your point of view to push your agenda. And that's what political correctness ends up doing. It ends up talking about an agenda. So as we talk about today, we're not going to talk about, say, specific issues, though we can, um, or examples, but mostly just about where it comes about and why people think about it. And yeah, it is, it is, it is in politics. It is in the media. It's people trying to get their own idea and agenda across. So we're going to go through where that comes from as well and understand the basis of it. Because as we've discussed in many of our other podcasts, once you start peeling back the mind and realizing why you do things, why other people do things, it becomes a little more apparent, becomes easier to fix, easier to recognize. And we start to realize what pawns we are of our own mind and our own thoughts. So as we look at political correctness, if you go back years ago, it used to be a whole idea of humor. It used to be to label people that were really stupid, that were really towing the party line despite logic, facts, and it would always be used to poke at the ignorance or the rigidness of a person, usually a politician, that was all about towing the party line no matter what really stood in front of you. So it's not about politics, not about, it's not about a political date, debate, um, but other thing to remember about is political correctness. We can't make it about them. It's not about they, but it's about us, we, and me, because we're all part of it. It really, it works on both sides. There's what we might consider other people talking in politically correct language. On, on the other side, it could be the same thing. So we, we really need to be careful about that because it's always the other side. In any war, who's the enemy? The person on the other side. Right. On, on any war, who thinks they're right? 
the person on your on one side. It, it's two differing points of view and perspective, and people really believe, and that's why there's so much propaganda in a war is to get more people to believe, more people to disbelieve, whatever it may be. So, the enemy is not another person. The enemy is a poor way of thinking about it, of communicating. The enemy is us not really interacting with others. That's the real enemy. If we really take political correctness and we start labeling others and not really thinking, communicating, or interacting, that's where it goes south. And that's what ends up happening with political correctness. Nobody wants to hear what the other person has to say. Communication comes to a standstill, and the interaction ends. Now, on a larger scale, that's how wars begin. On a smaller scale, one-on-one, that's how people don't get along or don't like each other. And it's really because we're all so prideful, and it's about me and what I think. So I think we started by saying a little bit, We're always going to offend somebody, no matter what we do. If all of a sudden we're going to go and I'm going to decide to start being polite to people, more polite to people, because I don't want to offend them. Next thing you know, who does this guy think he is? What is he, a pompous ass? You know, is he think, you know, with all his manners or whatever? My point is you're always going to offend somebody. Political correctness really is not concerned about offending anybody, Nate. It is political. It's about pushing an agenda, about ignoring the facts of what is obvious, what is sincere. It's using people. Again, there is no concern about offending others. What it really is, you've offended me by not agreeing with me. And when we hear that, we almost think it's it's almost like a, a playground mentality. It's about pushing that personal agenda. And when a person is really into this whole political correctness, what it is is they really don't want their group offended. Because it's okay to offend your group or a group they don't care about. Because that's justified in their mind. Well, that's because they're wrong. My group is the right people or the one I care about. All right, you should should tolerate my my thoughts, but... my beliefs, but I shouldn't have to tolerate any of yours. Yeah. That's and way they what they take Nate is a moral high ground because their beliefs are right, yours are wrong, and the end justifies the means. Unfortunately, so if we're really going to be a thinking man, we're never going to. We can't just sit still and just say, "Hey, I'm always right. I know what I believe." No, there's nothing wrong with having a strong foundation for what we believe. But we always need to remember that, hey, there's so much that I don't know, that it's important that I take in other viewpoints that I learn and I understand. So as we look at political correctness, it's talking about offending. And it's talking about taking away a person's rights. See, because one man's freedom is another man's offense. And it works both ways. That's what we forget. It's so easy for a neighbor to look out the window and be offended by something another neighbor is doing. Oh, look how they keep their yard. Okay. And you start being judgmental. 
in the meantime, you're not taking good care of your own kids. Although maybe your lawn is finally, finally manicured. And that's where it goes a little south, is we want everybody to be just like us. But in doing so, the biggest fault we have as human beings is that we all have giant blind spots. I almost said bald spots. We have those too. <laughs> but giant blind spots that we don't realize our own wrongs or we ignore them because we don't like to face them. So when we say we want everybody to be like we are, uh, it's we don't really say it. But that's almost like we do. Anybody that's different, therefore they must be wrong. Or why don't they do something one way or do something another way? But that a person's freedom is another person's offense. And we need to remember that. So that person that is offending you in their thoughts, their actions, their way of living, it's real nice to think, gee, I wish that wouldn't be anymore. But then it's to look in the mirror and say, what could that person not like about me? Now, some people are really foolish to say, what is there not to like about me? But what if those same things were now taken from you? Because life is a lot about preferences. I'm always amazed, you know, when people comment on the color of something. Oh, look at the color of that house. Why would anybody paint it that color? Because they liked it. Simple as that. There's a reason that Sherwin-Williams or Benjamin Moore makes all the paint colors. Because people have different preferences. There isn't a right color or a wrong color. There's preferences. Some are more acceptable than others. Some are more common. Whatever it may be. So another thing about political correctness, and again, these are all just some realities that we want to set as our basis, as our foundation. What political correctness says is I want your language to align itself with my ideologies. Don't you dare say anything that's going to shatter this little house that I built for myself. How dare you speak against what I believe in? Does anybody want to be contradicted? No. Does anybody want their faith questioned or their religious belief questioned? No. But there's many different religions out there. So obviously there's differing thoughts. So what, what, is the, what is the problem with people having different ideas? People just get very temperamental, Nate. They don't like hearing what other people have to say. Because I believe they get a little afraid. I believe that their, their mind is a delicate psyche. They don't really know what to believe, so they have this little belief system. And they just want to sit with it. And anything that comes in might disturb it. Another problem with a reality of political correctness is that it's very judgmental. It judges others while disguising itself as open, as caring. And if we want to take the political climate out there, take either side. Either side takes what they believe in and believes they have the moral high road and they have the answers. And what you end up getting is you end up getting two sides that are so entrenched in their belief system and not wanting to listen to anything that they don't listen. And then they don't get anything accomplished at Nothing all. Nothing gets accomplished. And when emotion is involved, 
there's so much emotion that the communication is cut off or people aren't listening. It's, you know, let's say you have a fight at home with your wife. If that person is screaming at the top of their lungs at you, they could be making perfect sense in what they're saying, but because they're screaming at the top of their lungs, sometimes you won't hear them. That's where sensibility, that's where rationality needs to come into play. But what happens with political correctness is people want to prove their point so much that they throw out facts, they'll embellish on what they believe, they'll make it very irrational, and if you ask a question, then you get attacked. How could you even ask that? Well, we should always be asking questions. That's how we find answers to things, and if we're really inquisitive, that's what we should do. So that communication gets cut off sometimes because there is so much emotion involved. Instead of just sharing facts, and pe- the reason those w- and those walls go up because people are so afraid of having who they are attacked, of being broken down about. And the other part is sometimes people don't even know why they believe what they believe. Right. Do you ever listen to uh, Curtis and Kuby? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Oh. It's been a while. Two extreme sides, right? And Kuby is a very liberal lawyer with very liberal right. beliefs. I am not a liberal person. That's safe to say. Not talking about political, right? Just I am right. not a liberal person. I had so much respect for him, his intellect, his intelligence, how grounded he was in the way he explained why he thought something was the way it was. Yeah, he was, he was very articulate. Yeah. I and not in a way that it was emotional or that would fool you. It was really fact-based, and that I could really appreciate. When you start getting like real arrogant, and emotional. I don't even hear anything anymore. To me, it's like, you're just insulting me now. You want to try and force feed me. He was so good that he really made you look at the other perspective. Because that's really all it is, is a perspective. And a perspective is only one viewpoint. Anybody who took mechanical drawing knows that a perspective is, you can take a, a you could take something and you can look at it from so many different viewpoints and it can look at like so many different different things. And I think that's also why people have so much problem with spatial reasoning. You know, it's the same object, but you're looking at it from different viewpoints. And sometimes people can't, can't manipulate that in their mind. And we're going to look at that a little bit today as well, how people can only look at one perspective and not another. And realizing that, you know, we're both looking at an elephant in the room. And I'm telling you, it's the big fat thing. And you're saying, no, it's the gray thing. And we're both talking about the same the same elephant, but we're, we're, we're just not communicating because we're, we're not listening. And there's going to be a common thread as we're thinking tonight, as we're talking about the silliness, think of little children, because it's almost how little children communicate. Very irrational and one-sided. <clears throat> so today, as we move on, we're going to look at the reality, which we're covering now. 
the dangers, and then finally the intellectual insult to a thinking man. A language where, this is a language where you define the rules as you go and decide who you apply them to. Because I'm going to read the definition again, because it, it, it's pretty broad. A belief that language and practices which could offend sensibilities of a particular group in society should be erased. So it's a language where you get to define the rules as you go. Now picture all of a sudden you walk in my door last week and I tell you that something you do offends me. So the next time you come in, you try not to do that. Let's say it's you. I don't like the shoes you wear. I don't like people wearing sneakers. Simple as that. I don't like people wearing sneakers. I'm making this up, guys. So the next time you come over, you wear boots. And I tell you, well, I don't like boots either. And you say, why didn't you tell me that last time? Well, I just thought of it now. I didn't know it until I saw them. I thought I liked boots, but then when I saw you wearing them, I just don't like them. All right, making it up as you go. As you feel, as the mood hits you. And so it's a language where you define the rules as you go. You get to decide who you apply them to and when. That leads to inconsistency. Inconsistency is very dangerous. Inconsistency leads to rebellion. Because um, what do I do now? Eventually, guess what's going to happen? You're going to walk in the door after the fourth or fifth time of trying to please me. And finally, you're going to take whatever you got on your foot and you're going to smack me in the face with it. Yep. That's what happens because it leads to frustration and rebellion. Hey, I'm trying to work with you now. Screw you because you're, you're just messing with me. It allows you to call foul when others speak and you don't like what they hear. It allows you to justify whatever you're saying and puts others on the defensive. And how that works, Nate, is all of a sudden, if there's something that's popular in society to be for or against, and you just question it, or, hey, why is that? You genuinely would like to understand. All of a sudden, what do you mean you don't know? Or you, you can't tell me you're against that. How could you be? And there's many different examples I can give, and I don't want to give them for the reason that it, I really don't want to put out anybody on either side today that will keep them from, that will shut down their thought process from really thinking. Because immediately when you offend somebody and something that they believe in, they'll stop listening. And my whole thought for all this is that it goes across all sorts of barriers just to get people to think. So, when we think of opposition to political correctness, it's not opposition to critiquing. Because what you'll hear quite often is that you need political correctness because it's calling out the bad things. Um, people used our president as an example. Oh, well, political correctness is needed. That's what calls out him being such a bad person. That's not political correctness. I mean, let the facts speak for themselves. It isn't political correctness that does it, that does that. It's decent people that'll call out bad things that he or anybody else does. Where the problem ends up happening in politics is and why people don't respect people that talk like like that 
is because once again, let's like we said, they decide when they when they apply it and who they apply it to. It'll be justified if somebody they like does it or they'll ignore it. But with somebody they hate, that's when they'll raise it up. So it's used as a club a bit. It's used to put people on the defensive. So opposition to political correctness is not opposition to open critique. That's not what it is at all. Actually, political correctness is the opposition to critique. That's really political correctness itself is an opposition to critiquing others. And that's what people don't like. They want to be able to critique others while not being critiqued. Opposition is not asking for people not to be called out that are offensive. The problem is that they believe political correctness is calling out others, and that's not what it is. That has always existed. We didn't need political correctness to point at people and say, there's a wrong in society or this person is doing something wrong. Political correctness is calling out others and claiming a higher moral ground. And not realizing that it's how two sides have always argued. Throughout the years, people have always pointed at each other and said, you're wrong. And they say, no, you're wrong. And that's okay. And sometimes it isn't about who's wrong or who's right. Sometimes it could be both. Sometimes it could be neither. Sometimes it's just that somebody was, guess what, offended. The difference in this is that they want the other side to be ruled as wrong. And that's political correctness. So political correctness comes in that you and I are disagreeing. And I want the political correctness police to come in and rule in my favor. Picture the two kids running upstairs to mom or dad to both state their argument. And they want the seal of approval on one of them. And the mom and dad says, no, just go back downstairs. But tell him he's wrong. Just go down. Tell him he's wrong. Again, I'm going to keep going back to the childish behavior. And we're going to see the, we're going to see the strand that runs through. Political correctness is not about calling out all those wrongs of society, though they believe they are. Sometimes people that are in this whole political correct mission, Nate, they really believe that it's a real virtuous mission to attack all the wrongs in the world. And there's so many wrongs in the world that you couldn't possibly attack them all. But the problem is that whenever you're attacking somebody else or always pointing their finger, you're never looking in the mirror. And that's where this problem comes into play, that they're always attacking the wrongs of others while not looking in the mirror, continually taking the moral high ground yet justifying all their own actions. And how they justify those actions, always using the word but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. What are you going to say? True. I was just going to say, and it, um, it, they almost block themselves off because they don't learn anything from that. Like yeah. if, you, if you're going to shut somebody else off from communicating, how are you supposed to learn from them? You won't. You won't. So the whole idea is that if we're going to be real thinking men, Right? We're going to be open because we're going to see every opportunity as a chance to learn. Learn from others. Learn about ourselves. And if somebody else is going to be so obstinate that they can't learn, so be it. As a real thinking man, then we're probably not going to even waste our time talking to them. And that's the shame of it, is that people cut themselves off. They believe they have all the answers. And really, they've just stopped learning. 
Can you imagine if you had a computer from 10, 15 years ago? It's the best computer in the world. And maybe at the time it was. A couple years later, another model comes out. Nope, this is the best one in the world. I'm not changing. 10 years later. Oh, no, I'm not changing my computer. Yeah, but you can barely run any software on there. Nope, this is the best one. It was the best at the time. Right now, it's a piece of junk. And that's where people get so stuck. They cut off any further outside influence to the little bubble they're in. So that same person wants to just live with their their computer that was the best one 15 years ago. But look at all the advancements and everything that's happened. But they're not open to it. They don't even want to listen to it. So just as a child only sees things from his view and how it affects him, so is political correctness. Political correctness is nothing more than a temper tantrum that somebody wasn't nice to them. That they didn't do, they didn't behave, they didn't give them what they wanted. I believe we call those brats when it comes to children. I had heard over the one of the elections and somebody said, well, how can you vote for that person? What they said was, I think they used the word offensive. And, and my question was, what was offensive about it? Well, it was mean. What was mean about it? Yeah, they never give specifics uh, of that. Yeah, just, uh, they, uh, they use those uh, those words, offensive. Yeah, and mean, which really sound terrible, but you know, what did he say? You know, offensive and mean. And so where, where does that political correctness start, end? So then is it going to be that all of a sudden if we have some suicide bombers? Are we not supposed to offend them when we're talking about them? Right? Maybe not. I don't know. But again, who decides the groups? Who decides the groups? Who decides the offenses? It goes by their moral high ground. That's why it's so dangerous. It's gotten so bad lately that that's not... Not that far from it. Right. It's not Not that far from it. And the foolishness to believe that if you've offended somebody, you've done something wrong. I got news for you. If I'm out in public and a strange person tries to get too close to my children and seems to be a little off, I'm going to get between my child and that person. And I'm going to be, would you please step back a little bit? Or please step away from my children. That person could be, you know, get all in an uproar. Well, I was just saying hi. I was just being nice. I've offended them. Was I wrong? No. Do I care that I offended them? Not more than I care about my children and their safety. This is where we start to get it backwards. We think the offense in itself is such a horror, and we stop looking at everything else. Or if all of a sudden there's somebody wandering around your front door, or around a window of your house, are you supposed to go out there and greet him politely? Maybe offer him tea and crimpets so he doesn't get offended? Or are you going to say, or is the language going to be a little harsher and a little stronger? When we start thinking of other examples that can really affect people right where they live, all of a sudden they'll say, oh, Leah, of course, that makes, that, that, what you're saying makes no sense. What I'm talking about is different. 
Because usually when it, when it affects somebody in a way, they'll throw all of those beliefs that they think you ought to have out the window. So as we're looking at, again, just trying to handle giving some real thought. This is still the foundation. This is still the reality of what political correctness is. I want it to be redefined. We'll all see really silly things out there going on. Everything will offend somebody. Before you know it, that guy has a tie on. He's offending me. That guy has his pants not high enough. That offends me. You know know what drives me crazy, Nate? I don't know if you remember. One of my big peeves always at work was if guys wore their baseball caps backwards. (laughs) Drove me nuts. I didn't mind if they were young kids. I don't remember that. Oh, still to this day. All right. If a person is an adult with children and wears their hat backwards, going, it drives me crazy. It's a personal thing. It's me. Right. If I really could, if I could be a little god, would I go around and turn everybody's hat around? Absolutely. <laughs> but it's just, it's just me. And what are you going to do? People are different. Who cares? Reality is that same person is looking at me and, and you know, why is this guy wearing this or wearing that? You really can't waste all that time on such foolish things. So a couple things I want to talk about and what people don't realize is they think that being politically correct is so open-minded, but it's really very closed-minded. And there's a couple words I want to throw at you, which are fun words. First off, ethnocentric. It's judging other cultures and believing the values and standards you hold are superior Hence, others are inferior. Now, there's nothing wrong with preference. It's from me. But to think we prefer something because it's better is foolish. Let's get back to the house color. Oh, I picked blue and you picked orange for your house. It's really a preference. But because I like blue better, I believe my preference is better. Forgetting that it's a preference, which is personal, which means something I prefer. So it may be better for me. It may be better to me, but it doesn't mean it's better. We'll be very quick to ridicule other cultures in the way they do things, in the way they cook, uh, whatever that may be. Because they're different. We don't understand it. And usually it'll be a culture that can't stand up for itself. So, you know, we're real big about defending some groups, but others we don't care about. So if we take our population that's from India, right, usually very quiet, soft-spoken, hardworking people. Um, People don't mind if they're made fun of by stand-up comics. And we'll talk about stand-up comics in a minute, because if we're really going to have political correctness, you can't have a stand-up comic. I'm sorry, because they make fun of everybody. So, and then people will complain about curry. Curry, curry, curry. How bad it smells. And they think like curry is its own spice. All curry is, is roasted spices that we all have in our cabinets that we use every day. We use a ton of garlic in our house. I probably think nothing of it. I probably go out of here and I probably stink like garlic all the time. We always think it's better. 
Italian scravier sauce. Whose is the best? Ask any Italian guy. It's his mom's. Why? It's preference. But guess what? You'll have two people actually fight over that. Oh, my mom's is better. It's what you're used to. It's a preference. People are so blinded by their own sense of self-importance that they truly believe that if I like it and it's best to me, it is best for everybody, period. And that's the blindness. So that's where ethnocentricity comes into play, right? That's about other cultures. And that's really foolish. It's Everybody has a different way of doing things. That's why even as the United States, we need to be careful because we want to impose some of our systems or our value systems on other countries. We may think they're better, which is great. And I'm not talking about helping people that are really being, that other people are really being cruel right. to, that you're going Brutal in to, I'm just talking about different. Parenting, there's different styles. One could be more strict than another, which is right. Usually the person that does it their way wants to justify everything they do as to the way it's the better way. All of a sudden, we start to look at it like that. 98% of the population will have their children taken away. Because if 2% that do it one way decide their way is the best, it could get very dangerous. And that's what we always have to look at. When I start applying this frame of thought to other things, how bad and how ugly can it get? So we have ethnocentric, we have sociocentric. Sociocentric is looking at and concerned only with the world, primarily from your own social group perspective. So that could be an age group, right? You have a group of you know, the 20-year-olds that looks at the rest of the world only from their point of view. You could have it a bunch of 60-year-olds looking at the world only from their point of view. Guess what? Both of their point of views are right. But it's only one perspective. The way the 20-year-old looks at the world and the way the 60-year-old looks at the world, they're looking at different things, different aspects of the same thing. Remember, I was looking at the grayness of an elephant. You were looking at the, or the vice versa, at the largeness of an elephant. We were both looking at the elephant. There was different things that appealed to us the most. The generation in their 20s and the generation in their 60s, they're both right. The problem is that they both tell each other they're wrong. And that's where it goes south. That's why the younger generation thinks that the older generations are rigid. That's why the older generation looks at the younger generation and says they don't know anything and they're disrespectful. When really it's working both ways, they're looking at it differently. And instead of expand, both groups expanding and becoming that much wiser and knowledgeable, to look at, doesn't have to agree, but can understand, may see the other person's point of view, may not see the objects they're looking at as the most important feature of what they're looking at. But we'll start to understand that there is a different way to look at things. So that is sociocentric. It could also go along neighborhoods. It could go along just whatever social group you're fitting into. And that could run across any, any sort of boundary. And then finally, there's being egocentric. And this is where political correctness comes into play. That's why I want to bring this up. It's the inability to do it for, differentiate between self and others. And again, remember the child who can't understand why others don't want to do what he wants to do because they can never think beyond themselves. That's the ego. That's the centric 
part. Or if you go to Dunkin' Donuts and you bring back an assortment of donuts. Why they sell a donut with lemon inside? I have no idea. But guess what? They've sold it for years. Somebody must like it. But what will happen is somebody will say, oh, how can you eat that? Well, it's taste. It's preference. What happens is immediately, I don't like it. I have a great distaste for it. How could anybody else possibly like this? That's ego. That's being egocentric. So it's an inability to differentiate between self and others, that others have a different point of view. It's the inability to untangle a preconceived framework of ideals. It's an inability to accurately assume or understand any perspective other than one's own. A small child that you're trying to explain why they can't do something. But why? But why? But why? All they know is that they want to do it. They're not understanding the other side of it. It's a total disregard for others. It's childish. And I think that wraps up really what political correctness is. I cannot move myself outside of my point of view. I am so rigid. And the scary thing is that we're going to have minds like that that are so rigid, so focused around their egocentricity that want to technically rule the world. In other words, I want everybody to be just like me. I want automatons. So it's selfish. It's about me, me, me. And finally, political correctness is lazy because people don't have to think for themselves. They don't have to weigh the conversations. They can just criticize the words of others. And if you ever want to see a sign of a small-minded person, it's a person that just sits around and criticizes because it's the easiest thing there is to do. Instead of creating, instead of helping, instead of doing something. So it's that criticism of the words of others that do not align with the agreed-upon acceptable perception. And when I say agreed upon, that's where the whole politics, that's where media gets involved. Political correctness is foolish, immature, pig-headed, and I don't like it at all, mainly because it goes against everything that I'm trying to work on and what I believe on, which is really expanding not even expanding our mind, expanding the exploration into our own minds that we understand ourselves better and our actions just to get out of our own way. Because if we remember, what are we doing? We want to learn to think different so I can be or act different so that I can make a difference. If I'm like everybody else in this world, I'm not making any difference. So I want to go over some of the, I want to talk about, those are some of the realities of political correctness. I want to talk about some of the dangers of political correctness. So when you think of political correctness, if you think of dangers, what are, what are some dangers you think of, Nate? Well, like you said before, uh, one of the things where an insult, you described it as an insult on intelligence. I kind of think it's an assault on your intelligence. Um, I think your intelligence is attacked. And it's exactly what you said before. They, they kind of force you into backing into a corner and, and putting up barriers and um, 
that. Okay. So there's many different dangers that are in there. So when we start to think about it, it attacks my intelligence, right? And we're gonna we're gonna get into more depth about that. Um, you know, it's an insult that you're trying to get one over on me. So we spoke about the definition. So you know, some open questions. So a belief that language and practice which could affect sensibilities of a particular group in society should be erased. So one of my questions is which group? Hmm. Which group? It is interesting to think about which group it which is. Group? Which group? Which group? I'm really just asking the question out loud. Not just which group, but who decides which group? Hmm. Now, what if my group is one of the groups that's offending the other group? I'm being politically... Who's going to defend me? And that person that attacks me and is politically correct against me because my language is offensive against that group, now, aren't they offending me and shouldn't they be censored? So technically, they shouldn't even be able to tell me because they're going against my group now. So it really is... It goes back to the temper tantrum. I want to say what I have to say, how I want to say it, to who I want to say it. I'm going to deem it, and I want, I want the stamp of approval, and I want to say everything I want to say, and when you go to talk, I want to be able to say, shut up, I don't want to hear it. And you need to shut up, and somebody has to tell you to shut up. They want a police to come in. So which group? There's groups that are deemed taboo to offend. But it's okay to offend others. That's wrong in itself. We start to get rid of the of equality. Who makes the list? How do you determine the severity of the offense? All of us, where, where does this all come from? It comes from, I am going to decide in my own mind which is better, which is worse. It's okay to offend the groups you don't like, that are opposed or differing. And those groups are considered... Not tolerant because they don't tolerate your way of thinking. You think you're open-minded because you accept your way of thinking, but aren't you also intolerant for not accepting my way of thinking? Intolerant doesn't mean accepting another way of thought. Intolerant means thinking that my way of thought is the only way. That's what people forget. They believe it's an atrocity to dislike others or it's an atrocity to dislike others because they are different. But okay for you to do the same to those that differ to you. So, you would call out somebody, you don't like that person because they're whatever. No, maybe I just don't like that person because they're an ass. All right? But it's okay for you as the political correctness police to totally dislike me and hate me because I differ in opinion from you. They, forget, they don't realize what they're doing. It's, they're the thief that's offended that somebody's breaking into their house and is in an uproar. How could possibly somebody, how could somebody come and rob my house well, why didn't you protect your house? I was out robbing somebody's house. How could they do that to me? This is how crazy 
It is. So who decides? Then, so that's the groups. Who judges what's offensive? Who judges what's offensive? That's another one. How do you decide what is offensive? You can have a conversation with somebody and they'll say, I'm offended by that remark. You don't even realize what you said. And another person will look at them, what are you offended about? And they could be part of the same group. So these are the dangers. And then there's different degrees of offense, maybe slight offense, What happens now is, do you know who decides all this? Social groups. And it's usually a pile-on. And it's mob mentality of people, I said, with lazy minds that don't really think, that want to be accepted by everybody else. And as that mob rolls, if they're not giving it a like or whatever it may be, then they become ostracized on the outside. So they'll follow not even knowing why. They'll pile on because it's easy. It's always easy to pile on somebody. And it's wrong. So where do all these things lead? It gets very dangerous. Because if it really gets more momentum, there's going to be somebody that needs to decide all these things. And it gets to be really ugly. See, political correctness allows you to be a judge, a jury, and a self-righteous executioner. Another danger of political correctness is it labels others as hateful, as dangerous to society. The reality is not dangerous to society, dangerous to the way they want society to be. If we just take a political platform and we take Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, let's say there's a 50-50, that's why elections are so close, there's a 50-50 split. Either side now gets to pick the way they want society to be. The other side disappears. It's not right. So, and the other side is always going to be then labeled as hateful, as dangerous society, because it's a society they want. So we need to realize, okay, if I want this power, but if this power becomes available, what if the opposing side gets control of that same power or right. So we pass laws for reasons to help us, forgetting that they could be used against us. And what I'm getting to, what the real danger of all this is, is this is how a very dangerous government, a totalitarian government, develops. Believing they're doing good for the society and the people brought in in small measures that sound good. Oh, they're offensive. That's hate speech. People will go along with it because they're getting their way. And before you know it, it gets very, very dangerous. Especially thinking about all the the, the means that they have to do that with today, like with social media. They have, a, they have a lot more tools than they have any time in the past to uh, propel that agenda. And uh, it, is, it is very scary. Yeah, and they're, and they're not facts. Once again, a man takes everything that's good. Right? The internet, great communication. And what do we use it for? Terrible things. Instead of getting 
facts and things out there. And the internet is great. I mean, if you want to go and find facts, but you know, people use it to push their own agenda, to politicize things. Nobody likes politics. Nobody likes politicians. Why? Because of the things we're talking about. So it's dangerous in the effect, in the act that <clears throat> political correctness, <coughs> excuse me, it's dangerous in the fact that political correctness is the opposite of freedom of expression and speech. Does, and we'll always hear the same example out there. And we need to be careful to really think through them. Well, yeah, you can have freedom of speech, but you can't yell fire in an auditorium or a movie theater. And there's a fine line there. And one of the key words in our definition was sensibility. And our nation has lost sensibility. When somebody can go into a McDonald's and the order is wrong, and this is true, and they dial 911 because they got their order wrong, I think all sensibility is gone. People are so focused on themselves that anytime anything goes against them, it's terribly wrong. To the point, I mean, it'll be, what if the mailman comes an hour late? Has he offended you? I do silly, stupid examples to realize that if we really extrapolate the thought pattern, where it will go. So it's the opposite of freedom of speech and expression. And you'll hear people that talk about political correctness. And they'll say, oh yeah, that's a big talking point, saying it's an attack on freedom of speech and expression. Nobody should be proud of political correctness. They're only proud of it if they really don't understand what it is or if they're so ignorant to their own pride and egocentricity that they continue to do this. So they're opposed to freedom and expression of viewpoint except for their own. Because that must always be accepted. How dare you silence me It's closed-minded, so they believe they're open-minded, and, and others are closed-minded. Political correctness is used as a club, Nate. So anytime, all of a sudden, you go and you want to bring up something that's different, or just have an intellectual conversation, hey, can you explain to me why you think that way? It's a club to beat down somebody. So people are, get to be afraid to even ask a question. Like, hey, why are we catering to this very aggressive small group that is demanding that we do something? And I don't even have anything in mind. Do I also need to cater to the opposing, very aggressive small group that comes in? I can't. I can only cater to one or the other, so I'm going to cater to the one that I believe in. I don't know. But it gets so backwards that it gets to where people are paralyzed. It'll get to where corporations aren't going to want to donate to any causes because, well, how could you donate to them and not to here? You must, you hate this group then because you won't give to them. When I think of other countries or I think of just different examples through the eras, 
many rebels came into rule by rallying the people against the current injustices of their society, only to put their own injustices in place once they were in there, and we call them dictators. And that's what happens with political correctness. They'll rally people for their justices or injustices that they feel are there, but they have all their own set and they refuse to see them. A dictator never believes he's a dictator or a bad guy. He believes he's doing the right thing. But anytime one side gets in, it's always going to oppress the others. You go into Iraq, right? There was, we were welcomed into there. And then because from the oppressed group, then once the oppressed group gets into power, what do they do? They start oppressing the other people and other groups. It's a shame of mankind. It's the way we are. We're so foolish that we don't realize it. We're so self-righteous in our ways. We're so deceptive, not just to others, but even to our own selves, that we're so clueless. And again, these are all the dangers. That's why we're discussing them. Forcible suppression of opposition via authoritarian rule in the guise of manners in the guise of betterment of society, in the guise of fairness, in the guise of suppression of wrongs. And who defines all that? The side that's in power. Now, obviously, nobody wants this type of society working against them. But when we think of this type of society, what is it? It's people. So it's a group of people getting what they wanted their political correctness. And that's why our country has a constitution to keep the fairness. There's nothing we would like more than people that we think are idiots to not have a say. But it's wrong. And we were deep down we know it because they could think we're an idiot and not want us to have a say. And that's what we forget. The danger of political correctness is a big brother state. The thought police all of a sudden now, how could you think that way? It's a step in stealing our freedom and stealing our freedom of speech. A real danger is that it promotes small-mindedness. And that promoting small-mindedness really ripens us for that totalitarian indoctrination. Let's talk about Nazi Germany. It was all about political correctness. Remember, political correctness doesn't really doesn't have a side. Political correctness always thinks it's right. All of a sudden, you have Nazi Germany. You need to start to identify. You need to start. This is the motherland. This is how you honor the motherland. You need to get with it. Now you need to start wearing the uniforms. The children need to look and dress a certain way. It became so politically correct that children would turn in their parents for being sympathizers of the Jews. This is where that small-mindedness, that laziness of thought ripens us for that indoctrination. 
Nazi Germany wasn't a group of, I mean, you can't get that many sadistic people living in one place. You end up having a small group of people overpowering or getting into power and having their way of rule done in such a way that other people become so fearful that they can't speak out of it because out against it because it is a matter of life and death. And in order for it to survive, they almost have to they have to switch something off in their mind, usually their conscience. They need to live a way that they start to justify their actions, meaning I'm doing this to save my own life or else I'm going to get killed or my family. And they start going the wrong way. And that is the danger of all this. And that's why our Constitution is beautiful and wonderful. you know. And we should always have where people are disagreeing on both sides. But if we want to use this as a club, that's the next step. And if we feel like, oh, great, that other part will get wiped out, well, there's a good chance you might be the other part that gets wiped out. So in media, the danger is if proper words aren't used, there's a fear. If you don't believe a certain thing or a certain way, that there's going to be a social pile-on of, of the mindless. We see it all the time. And that could be very dangerous. If somebody's career is on the media on the internet, YouTube, <coughs> they can be ruined overnight. That's because they're not popular. And if you follow that person, it's dangerous. <coughs> I like to throw it out here about the... Go. A really one I just thought about that's just been popular coming here in the past couple of years, especially in China, is this whole social credit system where uh, they're actually basing your personality as a factor of getting financial, like getting loans or how people should look at you. And it's based off social media and um, that other people will score you. So if, once again, if you're, if you're one of those people that are, don't see things the way other people see it, then if you're on the, if you're on the smaller end and you have a mob there, they can gang up on you and, and put your social, social credit score down. I am writing that down because I never heard of that. But I will. It's really scary. Uh, it, and, it is very scary because what's that? It's a popularity contest. Absolutely, is what it comes down to. I think all coming through school. In school, it was about popularity contests, and as we got older, we realized how much we hated that. Depending on what side you're on, hopefully, even if you were on the good side of it, as you got older, you hated it because you realized how how wrong it is. So think about all that is. Is if you're like everybody else, then you're okay. See how it takes away your individuality? See, that's what happens when you want to be, we'll talk about brainwashing, say. All brainwashing really is, is all the things we're talking about. But the first thing they do is they start taking away your individuality, taking away that you believe you can make a difference, taking away your opportunity to make a difference because you'll get squashed immediately. And that social credit score you're talking about is right along those lines. So... One of the real problems is that people only want freedom for their speech and way of life and want to silence others. Another danger of political correctness, it inflames cultural preferences into disagreements and battles that normally had no place and no real concern. There are cultural differences and preferences. Nothing wrong with that. Different groups, sometimes different nationalities, different cultures, whatever there is, 
have different preferences. And we may not always understand those preferences, but in the past, there were never disagreements. Political correctness has taken those preferences, has inflamed them, made them into something that they're not, and turned them into disagreements and battles that normally there was no real place or no real concern. So picture you and I live next to each other, Nate. We have no problem with each other. We don't even barely even know each other. Oh, that's the guy next door. Yeah, but all of a sudden somebody tells you that I, I can't stand you. Keep in mind, I never really said it. You're going to start looking at me in a different way. You're going to start being critical now. Every time you look over at my house, who does this guy think he is? Look at that. Look how he drives. Every time you see me, it's going to... Uh. And now, somebody, that same person tells me that you don't like me. And look what he's saying about you. Keep in mind where it started. I start looking at you. And I start telling this other, oh, who does he think he is? Look at that. He's not cutting his lawn. And you're saying, oh, look at the color of his house. Who's he, who does he to say anything? You and I didn't notice any of these things, didn't even care about them. Then all of a sudden, somebody starts saying, throwing these things in. And before you know it, we're in a brawl over something that we didn't even care about. Because somebody else starts to magnify what isn't even a problem. Starts to tell you it's a problem. Starts to tell me it's a problem. Starts to tell us all, tell us all that we have problems with each other. Now, maybe you and I are very sensible people and we're not going to buy into it. We're going to say, no, that's nonsense. I don't want to hear any of it. I don't believe it. The guy's never had a problem with me, whatever. Now, let's take the whole block. You will get somebody that already has a chip on their shoulder. And you'll get another person that already has a chip on their shoulder. And all of a sudden, you're now able to get two sides polarized, two extremes. Two people that we would know in the neighborhood as very difficult or nutty people already. But now these groups are gonna determine and be our spokesman for our neighborhood. Everybody's going to see our neighborhood by these two sides that are arguing, these crazy people. And the rest of us really don't care. That's what media does with culture, with groups. It inflames things. It gets people that are on the outskirts and the extremes to make such a big deal. And all of a sudden, we believe we have this terrible problem where we're ready to fight. And it doesn't bring things, political correctness doesn't bring things together. It puts up fences. It causes segregation of groups. Because groups start to believe that other groups don't like them and don't care about them. It's the way it works. It's just some of these things get so foolish that we don't, we stop realizing that. So political correctness is not necessarily a view or an enemy to one view or the other. It's an enemy to everybody. It's an enemy to our own free thought and it uses us as a pawn. That's what Hitler did. He was a master of manipulation. Political correctness is manipulation. To get you to move, my actions get your reactions. It's the cause and effect. 
You become my pawn. I learn how to move you around. Through fear, through threat, through using my club, whatever it may be, through social acceptance, if you go this way, if you believe this way, we start to see how dangerous this could be. All of those group books that we've read or science fiction movies of that totalitarian government, it all started somewhere. And what is a government? A group of people. It's not a different force or source or something that's out there. It's a group of people that are put into power by a, by a group of people that wants them to drive their agenda. So that totalitarian government, which is now suppressing the people, was put into play by those same people. But eventually, it grows into a monster. And then they start pointing at me or you. That was a big thing in, with the Jews and what was happening in World War II, is it was only the Jews. But who was going to be next? Nobody cares until all of a sudden they're at your door. So one side has the right to voice their opinion as well as their dislike of the other person's opposing view. I think that's safe to say. But political correctness is an attempt to censor. And the reason of censoring is just not to be annoyed. Think about how annoyed we get with people that have what we consider idiotic points of view. We would love to just shut them up and censor them and be able to slap them. But it's wrong. That's political correctness. That's why I said we need to be careful that we look at our we look at ourselves as well. Political correctness, people believe that they are fixing problems, but it creates problems. It doesn't overcome them. So I'm always amazed by people that believe they have to stand up for other groups. Picture we're at a supermarket and something happens and somebody says something to my wife and you decide you're going to step in because I'm incapable. I would be really offended. But that's political correctness. I am superior to you. I already know what you need and want more than you do because I'm superior. This is the way the thought process. They'll never say it. They don't even, I don't even think they realize it, but this is what they're doing. So I'm going to be a champion for your people because I'm superior. In the meantime, I'm there like, I don't need you to be my champion. I don't need you to step in and protect my wife or stand up for her. That's, I'm going to do that. Why do you think you're better than me? Why are you castrating me? What's, you think that they believe they're doing good and it sounds good but it's really not. It's a sense of superiority. So groups of people rarely have an issue. Individuals have issues. All of us always believe life is unfair. We always believe that we're on the side of unfair. But that's because we always want to be on the... We never realize when we're on that side, when we're on the plus side. You know why? Because we think we deserve it. And that's how backwards we get with our thought processes. So you always have individuals within groups that believe things are unfair. Groups themselves don't necessarily have a mindset. Those people that think they're superior, 
that others can't stand up for themselves, can't speak up for themselves. It's only when they tell those people how weak they are, how despised they are about the imagined enemy, that clashes start to begin where there wasn't a problem before. So we hear about hate speech, right? It's getting more and more dangerous. We don't realize, you know, hate crimes, hate speech. A crime is a crime. I, if I kill you, if you're black, white, or Chinese, it should, I don't know, it should be the same. In my point of view, if we're all created equal. So hate speech. Why is it okay for me to hate some people and not others? Sort of crazy, isn't it? What they're doing is labeling other groups actually more superior than others. They're taking away the equality of humanity. And hate speech is very strong. So, and it's punishable. And that's what gets really scary. All of a sudden it becomes hateful. I'm going to bring us back to the little child strand. What does a child say when he wants ice cream before he goes to bed and the parent says no? Sometimes a child will say, you don't love me, or you don't like me, or you don't care about me. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Child isn't getting what they want, so they see it as something so terrible. Hate speech, now that child, like mind, all it is is, I see it as hate because it's not what I want it to be. We don't realize the simplicity and danger of it all. It's not political, it's, it's dangerous to the core of society and humanity, and our own dignity of thought. And with that, the whole hate speech, I mean, they're literally trying to rewrite history or erase parts of history with that. Uh, this book is hate speech, or this mm. isn't my ideology, so it's it's a bad thing. And, censorship. and Right, censorship. People censoring never realize they're censoring. They, as I said before, it's the they believe they're doing what's good in their eyes. And all it does is lead to a world that is very dangerous and eventually comes knocking at their door. So when they hate your speech, it's okay, though. Because they have the moral high ground, or they take them, they believe they have the moral high ground. <coughs> it's their inability to see the irony through their, what I call their iron curtain of ignorance. They're so close minded that they don't even realize it. So you said before it's an insult to our intelligence. So. We've seen the reality of political correctness. We've seen the dangers of political correctness. Let's look at the insult to our intel intellect, our intelligence. It insults my intelligence that another wants me to believe 
It's good to hide the truth behind false words. In our relationship with our wife, wouldn't we want them to be honest with us instead of always telling us everything is okay and the relationship then folds apart? Right? It's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to have truthful conversations so that you can fix things. But let's all be polite and nice. Let's not hurt feelings. You know, honey, why didn't you tell me that you hated this about me? Well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Well, instead, we destroyed the family and the marriage. We start to realize how foolish things are. So it insults my intelligence because we think it's good to hide the truth behind false words. When the Nazis were bringing people into the gas chambers, (laughs) I guess they were being compassionate when they told the Jews they were going in there to be deloused and not being honest with them. That's the mentality. A lie doesn't make, doesn't mean compassion. Not at all. It's the action itself. There was nothing compassion about what they were doing. They were going to gas, at this point in time, the one, you know, 900 Russians it was in this one particular. But that was the ploy they used. Because keep in mind, they didn't know what was happening from camp to camp. What we have now is is hindsight 2020 of history and what was going on. At the time, people didn't realize or didn't want to believe what was going on. So picture you get a whole group of people stripped down, you're going in to be deloused. They weren't saying it to be kind, compassionate, not to get people to worry. They did it to get them to be compliant. Remember the pawns? Let me say nice flowery things to get you to go where I want you to go. It's not about compassion. And I think we hate when our intelligence is insulted. Again, like a little child making up a silly excuse why he believes they should have something. Or lying about something. As a parent, we see right through it. But when adults do it, it truly insults our intelligence. Proponents of political correctness or opponents of political correctness, if you attack political correctness, you're attacking everything that person believes in. And you're accused of attacking and hating actual individuals and groups. So if I don't agree with your group viewpoint of group A, I hate group A. I'm attacking group A. You know what people really need to do? They need to watch more Dr. Seuss. And those movies and those books, it really spoke about the foolishness. There was the one, I forget what it was called, they had the stars stamped on them and they thought they were better than the other group. And before you know it, everybody ended up being the same. But it's such foolishness that we have when we start to realize that it's not them, it's not us. It's that attacking and hating of others. Political correctness is said to be progressive. If you're not politically correct, you're behind the times. You're archaic. Not only, and if you're against it, not only are you regressive, oh, you don't want things to change, but you're aggressive. 
Some would critique political correctness and say it's maybe emotional thinking based on emotion, right? Very emotional, very touchy feeling. You don't, you because know, there's not really much thought. And emotion doesn't have much thought. You know, when a teenager falls in love, there's not much thought. It's all emotion. So some would call it emotional thinking as a critique, but it's really not thinking at all. It's an emotional pathway of ease. It's based on a superficial ideology with no real depth of reason or examination. It spares the mind heavy lifting of introspective thought or critical thinking or rational thinking or skeptical thinking. Whole idea of critical thinking and some of the things we talk about and I want to stay here for a second is we want to stop being creatures that are driven by our baser emotions. We want to learn, we want to get to the point where I'm in control. I want to stop living this life in the same orbit, the same thing over and over because I'm just doing the same things over and over because I'm on autopilot. I want to stop and take control. So if I'm going to take control, right? If I'm going to think different, it takes critical thinking. Critical thinking is not superficial. It's rational. Critical thinking is skeptical. Don't believe something just because you want to believe it. Look at it for what it really is. Critical thinking is unbiased. Forget about what I already believe. I'm not going to look at this to make it fit in with what I believe. I want to learn. I want to understand. It's an analysis of facts. And the beautiful thing about critical thinking, critical thinking is the opposite of political correctness and what political correctness wants, which is us to be pawns. Critical thinking is self-directed. Nobody's going to tell me what I'm going to think or how to think. I'm a man. I'm going to think for myself because I owe it to myself and the people around me that I care about to take in this information and and look at what I want to do. So it's self-directed. I'm going to do it when I want to do it and how I want to do it. It's self-disciplined. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to think for myself. It's self-monitored. I'm going to review what I'm doing. It's self-correcting. When I'm wrong, I'm going to fix it. It's not somebody telling me what to think, what to believe, what to do. It's the opposite. And that's what political correctness is. It's saying, stop thinking. And when you stop thinking, let us start putting thoughts in your mind. Then we're going to start moving you in a certain direction. It's indoctrination. It's brainwashing. I'm insulted. My intellect is insulted. Because the people that are telling me what to believe and how I should be are so naive and so shallow to realize how small their minds are. Shallow to realize how they're justifying all their actions with faulty arguments. And they believe that they are the enlightened ones. They're like a crazed, egotistic, maniacal, oppressor that wants their way. I'm offended by it, not only for the many reasons that we see in our conversation today, not just because it insults my intelligence, 
but because it's contrary to what I see as a or is a, is a ter- what I see as a terrible plague that is affecting our nature, nation, just people stopping from thinking, people being just robots and automatons, people not thinking for themselves, just going along whatever the topic is of the day. It goes against what we're trying to do to get people to think and to lead because political correctness wants you to be a sheep. Foolish people will believe it because it's popular. And for us to be continually told, Nate, that this is the way you ought to do, this is the way everybody is, this is the way the country sees these things, this is what's right. No, it's the way I see things. What I see is right and what I am getting a bunch of naive people to buy into. How did Hitler get so many freaking people to buy in? Indoctrination. Brainwashing. All of the things we're talking about. It's the road we're marching to. And then to believe they have all the answers. One thing I believe about intelligence, Nate, is that a person who believes they have all the answers are clueless because they've closed their mind. True intelligence lies in the understanding of how little I know. And when you realize how little you know, you have so much respect for knowledge that you always welcome it. The logical journey of that thought is that I can only base my current stance on what I currently know. So I can't have all the answers. In the future, I may learn more. I may experience more. And my stance will change. Perfect example I'm going to give of that. The biggest know-it-alls that we have on this planet goes across every ethnicity, every financial gap, every cultural criteria there is. They're called teenagers. They know it all. And the fun part about it is that we were all teenagers and we all experienced it. We had all the answers. Until when? When do we become enlightened, Nate? As we get older? As we experience some other things? As we learn? And all of a sudden we look back and we say, what an idiot. I actually knew nothing. But in the small world I was in, I had so little respect for anybody else so much focus on myself, there's nobody more egocentric than a teenager, that the whole world was deemed by what I believed, my little knowledge, but my big emotion. What I want, what I like, what I want to do. All about my inner, that inner drive. And they become a group that believes they know everything. But once they've experienced more, hopefully they grow out of it, right? Some people don't. They end up being just dopes their whole life. Take that same thing, and that's how people develop. Some would even say that political correctness is about being nicer, has made us nicer. It's not. It's a facade. It's phoniness. And is that what we really want is phoniness? Are we so concerned that we're going around wanting everybody to be nice to me? And offended if they're not? Nobody wants to get pissed off, but let's be realistic. Are we going to go around... 
What do we do if a little kid comes running home every day? Oh, Johnny said this, Johnny said that. If you're a good parent, you're going to kick them back out the door and say, deal with it. The problem today is that parents are calling the teachers or Johnny's parents. Johnny offended little Jerry. And the kids aren't learning everything. anything. The only thing they're learning is that they're not supposed to be offended. It sounds childish, but it is. Because what does that child want when little Johnny says something or calls him a name? He wants him to be punished. So offensive. What if you find the truth offensive, Nate? Does that mean that gets censored? Offensive speech. Sometimes the truth hurts. Can we see where that can go really south? That can get really scary. Gee, where do they censor the truth? Communist countries. If you peel it all the way back from where it's at, you start to see the trajectory from what it really is to where it's at to where it's going. And it opens it all up and makes it perfectly clear. Political correctness, it's, it's enjoyable, it's weak, it's mindless, it's picking apart others and elevating myself. It's judgmental. It's very dangerous to be judging and hanging on every word and action of another, ready to call foul. It takes away our own accountability, our own responsibility. We stop looking at bettering ourselves. If I'm always looking at somebody else, I'm not bettering myself. And instead it focuses on how I'm already better than another. Because I believe my perspective is better. It takes away me facing that there might be something offensive in me. It's very similar to the Gestapo. The Gestapo went around and was policing the Nazis to make sure that they were towing the line. Political correctness is a tool of a minority of extremists. Not a tool of minorities, a tool of a minority of extremists. To fool and rally a majority to their cause. And this only happens when the majority doesn't think. So... As we start to wrap this up, the best I can do for any group that I believe is disenfranchised or doesn't have a fair shake in this world, the best that I can do for a group that some would deem marginalized or socially disadvantaged or discriminated against is not do the same. That's really what I can do. I can't go kicking down your door telling you what to do or who to like. But I certainly can make sure that I don't do those things. But the problem is, I truly believe, by putting people into those categories that I determine are marginalized, socially disadvantaged, or discriminated against, I've already implicated myself. 
I'm now judging them as weaker and in need. And I've, again, I've implicated myself in my same thing I'm doing. Just treat everybody decent and do the right thing. I can't make anybody else do the right thing. But I can certainly teach my children how to do the right thing. I can do the right thing. It's in a society where we try to make everybody else live the way we want them to or what we deem is right, where we go wrong. So as we went, we went pretty in-depth into political correctness. Anything like really jump out at you tonight, Nate, or anything really stand out or anything that we were doing? It doesn't have to be a particular thing, but maybe the way the thoughts were going. I, like you said before about the danger, it really is scary. It's scary to me. And just seeing, especially in the past 20 years, um, just how far it came and where we're at now. They said like the hate groups and stuff. Uh, just as an example, yesterday, a couple days ago, there was a, a crime committed. And instead of labeling that actual crime, they just which was a stabbing, they said it's a hate crime. Mm. And they kind of left the stabbing out. It's a hate crime. And um, it's just one of the ways that they're they're using political correctness to shift that thought and to promote what they want promoted. Not let you think about it, just kind of make up their own facts. Yeah. When you go to the emergency room and you said I was hate crimed, how do they treat that? Like, damn, I was stabbed. Take care of me. It's it's very scary, Nate. And again, that's the purpose of our podcast. As men, we need to stand up. We can't be the pawns. We can't be the sheep. We need to wake up. Because as real men, guess what? We're not to be cared what social media has to say about us. We're going to do the right thing. We're not going to parent our kids in a way that is acceptable to a group. I'm going to parent my kids in a way that's right to me. You don't like it, so be it. You know, you do it your way. I'm not going to come and police you either. But unless we're really strong in our thoughts, in the, w in a, in the way we do things, and understanding why these things happen and realizing it, Otherwise, we're going to get on the same bandwagon because nobody wants to be ostracized. People do like to fit in and be liked. That's, some, that's, part of our that's part of our nature. But who do you want to fit in? Do you want to be part of the Nazi party? And I'm using that as an extreme example, but it might not be so extreme. Is that what you want to fit in? Everybody in movies always likes the hero, but the hero is usually always going against something. It, the hero is usually not part of the commonality, part of the big pool. It's usually somebody that steps out against what the majority is. So to be in the majority is not right. For the most part, when you look at wrongdoings, it's the majority that is doing it because majority gets power run by a minority of extremists that brings in a majority of mindless people that don't think, that are afraid, and then they push their agenda to crush others. So in conclusion, 
somebody's always going to be offended, Nate. There needs to be reasonableness applied. What we really want, unfortunately, is to be little gods and have the world exactly as we want it. Doesn't work that way. Be careful as the person who is next to you and you are aligned with may at some point find something about you offensive. Then what? Instead of worrying about how others should act and how I feel about their actions, let me focus on just being better. Not trying to make other people better by my definition. But let me be considerate of all others. Let me help others to open their mind to think and to come up with their own decision where they want to stand. Because again, our podcast, Nate, isn't about telling people how to think. It's to tell them to think, to recognize how they're on autopilot and the foolishness that's going on and to snap out of it. And once you do that, go where you want and do what you want, but be making, do it your own actions. So with all this, let me start to think different. Let me be different. Then I can make a difference. And that's been our motto all along of the Thinking Man podcast. We certainly don't have all the answers. We're on a journey, always learning. It should always be a journey. But until next time, think different, be different, make a difference. Until next time, think different, be different, make a difference. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback and questions. Uh, You can be found at Thinking Man Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.